you hear words like county commissioner or district attorney or attorney general, like your eyes just kind of glaze over, right? Uh, but the only thing is just that we don't understand it yet. We haven't like adapted to like understanding that. And for me, this past election on June 9th in Georgia was like the first time that I had branch that I was able to use. And I remember like filling out my ballot. It just felt so good to like not just confidently know who I was going to vote for, but like know everybody else on the ballot. I was like, oh, I know her. I know her. Everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Passages Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe. I'm the founder of the Passages Project, and I actually cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. It could not be more timely, more relevant, or more impactful. Today, I have the chance to introduce you to my new friend and the founder of Branch Politics. Walter started out his career in the fintech industry. He worked as a software architect, a data scientist, and product manager. And I asked him just a dash of that story so that you can get context. But a bit into his career, as he was feeling burnt out and ready for his next move, Walter and some friends had an idea. So you know how there's a really important election coming up and you may know who you're gonna vote for and why, but did you know that there is an entire country of other positions that you have the power and the privilege to vote for? I'm talking state, local elections, everything in between yourself and your community and the president of the United States. Well, Walter shares a little bit of his story and how when he voted for the first time, he felt really uncomfortable stepping in and stepping out of the ballot box, not understanding who are these other people? What am I voting for? And who should I vote for to do it? So he and his friends put their head together and they ended up coming up with branch politics. Right now, Branch is only available in surrounding Atlanta counties. However, they have big goals and big missions, and they're always looking for support to help grow the platform. In this episode, I sit down with Walter. We talk his entrepreneurial journey, what Branch is doing, and if you stick with us through the episode, towards the end, Walter shares some tangible, actionable advice for you as you're preparing to vote this year. My favorite part of this episode by far was when Walter explained a position that he came to find out about in his research that you would have no idea exists, is as impactful as it sounds like, and even is what it sounds like. This episode is going to be so valuable and it's gonna be valuable now. I hope you listen through the entire episode. I promise you this is chock full of incredible information. Walter, thanks for joining me on the podcast. To keep up with everything that Branch is doing, you can find them on Instagram at Branch Politics, or you can check out their website, branch.vote. And to learn everything about The Passages Project and what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at The Passages Project and check out our site, thepassagesproject.com. Let's get into my conversation with Walter. I started Branch, started working on Branch in addition to kind of my full-time job about three years ago. Um, prior to that, worked in the financial tech industry for a few years, um, and you know, about a year into that, started doing this project on the side branch, which I worked on and just did my job for um, for about a year. And then, yeah, about a year ago, um, in September, I decided to uh, leave my job to kind of pursue this thing full time. Um, and over the course of the last year, it's been. Um, it's a very wild and difficult journey. It, it, it's interesting to me how fast it honestly feels like it might have grown. And maybe that's just me observing off Instagram. But um, I, I really want to get specific with you about what those, what that early season was like when you were transitioning out of your previous industry and previous career path. Obviously, there are underlying threads of, of your skills and the disciplines that that you studied and worked on before launching Branch that helped you launch Branch. But I'm curious if you could talk more about that specific season. How did you jump into entrepreneurship? What was running through your head? 
um, give me the early founder story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that because that is probably the, the worst <laughs> season. Because um, it, it is, it's, it, it was an incredibly like difficult and uncertain time. Um, you know, leaving my job, um, especially like just in the first really like six months of doing branch full time um, was, yeah, probably the most confusing part of the whole journey. So, I mean, I guess stepping back a little bit before that, I worked in uh, the financial tech realm for a startup um, for about two years. And I had also worked uh, for a financial tech startup back when I was in college and intern there. And, you know, I enjoyed it. It paid well. Um, you know, it was, it was cool in terms of like early career opportunity. I got exposure to a lot of different things. Uh, but, you know, after a while, um, kind of a couple things came together that really caused me to rethink if I was on the right track and doing the right thing. Um, I follow up a public speaker. His name is Drew McClure. And he uses this phrasing of, um, usually when it's really time for us to change, it's kind of a mix of a pain and a promise. Um, and so for me, like the pain part of that was number one, I think I was just getting very burnt out with my work. Like I was doing a lot, um, not getting much payback for it and was really putting a lot into this job uh, that eventually just like led me to <laughs> burnout. Um, and I had gone through burnout a couple of times and kind of recovered. Um, but, that cycle was very taxing but you know i'd say the bigger thing for me personally was that i just felt in the work environment that i was in i had a lot more to give and it felt kind of like my wings were clipped a little bit um like i felt like um you know there was just potential that i wanted to reach things that i wanted to do but i was just kind of having limits placed around me within that job and i think there's a bunch of reasons why that happened um but you know, at the end of the day, I just felt like I wasn't able to contribute all of my skills and I wasn't growing anymore and that sort of thing. Uh, so it felt very, very limited. And kind of on the other side of that, um, I started to realize that I had the opportunity to like do something more with my time that was more meaningful. Um, I'm like a person that I guess always says that like they're not doing enough or always feels like they're not doing enough so like um you know instead of watching netflix i'll try and like read a book or like you know volunteer for something or, or whatever um and really one of the really unique things with branch is the promise of like doing something meaningful with my work hours every single week um you know spending my time at work being the same thing as like spending my time kind of helping to make the world better and being able to merge those two things um, and a really unique thing that um, has happened since kind of stepping into branch and doing this full time is just that sense of like I'm not doing enough has kind of gone away um, which has been been really nice to kind of you know merge that desire to do good for the world but also merge the desire or also you know merge the need to, to work so those are kind of, I guess, the mix of things that prompted me to, to leave my job in the first place. I, what stood out to me about what you just said is this cycle, you described burnout as this cycle that you would recover from and then continue and recover from and continue. And it's fascinating to me, this, the transition from burnout in one, like in one ecosystem, right? Like you're working towards a certain thing, you're working towards this career in FinTech, you're working towards what you should do, yada, 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 like whatever is running through your head. And then you pivot and I, I, I assume with entrepreneurship, it only got busier, there was only more stress, it was only more <laughs> challenging, right? But you had more purpose and I just love talking to people like you who are like, yeah, I actually really enjoy working really hard. Um, but I, but that passion is best fueled in something that I'm passionate about. And I just think that's, it's inspiring to me, but I don't want to brush off the fact that it was challenging. Is there anything that, that you didn't kind of, you wouldn't have expected going into it? Like what was kind of the most challenging part or, or something that, that you weren't really expecting when you decided like, Hey, I'm going to do this full time, full speed ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's super, it is challenging. Um, 
in so many ways that you can never prepare for. I'm a big proponent of people like leaving their job and going to do their own thing. Like I'm a big advocate for it. I think a big thing that actually allowed me to do that was not knowing what I was getting into, if that makes sense. So I don't want to like, you know, harp on it too much and like scare people into not doing it. But um, I would say the, the, I mean, there's challenges that come up, you know, every single day um, from, you know, mistakes that you make to, you know, people quitting to, you know, all sorts of stuff that are just, it's out of your control and you have no choice but to adapt. Um, and I would say the biggest thing for me has been, I guess, learning to be a little bit more resilient. Um, I'm a big Brene Brown fan and a big thing that she talks about, especially within like leading, uh, you know, companies or organizations is it's never a question of like what you do if you fail, <laughs> like it's a question of what you do when you fail. Cause you're always going to fail. Like every, every day there's, there's failures. Um, so it's really, I think the main challenge has been learning to be resilient, not take things too personally. Um, I think back to, I think in October, I had somebody who was, I was kind of helping me out with this project and um, they uh, quit. They said like, I, I don't think I have the time to work on this anymore. Like I'm not gonna be able to do this. And I remember it was when I was, I was taking a road trip um, up for branch up to New Hampshire at the time. And I remember like literally the first day driving from here to like, I think it was Washington DC, like a 12 hour drive, just like not being able to like get out of my head about it. Just like, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? Like, you know, I'm an awful leader, like all this sort of stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, like stuff like that happens all the time. You just have to learn to like roll with it. And that's the biggest thing I think that has been challenging is um, yeah, learning how to adapt. Um, and then, you know, more recently, we had a uh, director of marketing who um, essentially took another political job that required her to, to leave branch. And <laughs> this is like right before a big push that we were doing, a huge marketing push that she was like the architect behind. She's like, I, I can't work at branch anymore. Uh, it was like probably an hour or so, this kind of oh shit moment. And then, you know, the rest of it after that was kind of, all right, what are we gonna do to solve it? And you know, getting back into it. So that's that's the biggest thing is, just resilience, I think. Yeah, I recently I've been re-listening to a lot of old episodes of How I Built This. Did you listen to that? Yeah. Guy Raz, and I think Guy Raz, is, he just came out with um, a new book, or he's coming out with a new book. Um, it's called How I Built This, and it's just kind of an, a compilation of everything he's learned through his interviews. But he's gone on this podcast press circuit, um, sharing just the you know top key takeaways from from the book to kind of promote it. And one thing that I keep hearing him say is um, the underlying thread in, that's what everybody wants to know, right? Like what's the secret or what, what have you learned in all of these conversations with the, the world's best entrepreneurs? And he's, he said, he's like, I mean, there are certain things that are kind of obvious that you would maybe think of, you know, like, oh, they're, they're charismatic or they have good leadership qualities or, you know, they're really passionate about their idea. And he was like, but the one, the one thing that is in common, every single person he's talked to has had in common is this ability to receive a no, to like hold rejection and move forward anyways and, yeah. and figure out what to do with rejection because that's the piece, that's the moment when so many people say, I was rejected, therefore I should not do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. And I mean, I, I'll just be honest with you. I am, I do not have that as a natural gifting. Like that's not <laughs> one of my skills. So I, it really, I had to, I had to really, you know, yeah. learn that. And, and thankfully at that time, you know, branch was not, you know, public. We were very small. I mean, we weren't public facing. Nobody really knew about us. So it was an opportunity for me to kind of learn that in a more private way, but yeah, I was, I was not good at it. And, you know, kind of going off of that, the first four months or so, the concept for branch is very different than what people know it as now. And originally the concept was around, um, sort of, it, it was just kind of a vague idea around political conversations and, you know, it was some sort of chat platform that can help facilitate those. And for the first, you know, four months that I was kind of doing this full time, I was trying to sell this to, to people trying to like you know create some sort of um 
opportunity for us to make some money and you know turn it into a sustainable business and yeah we got a lot of no's a lot of and, and a lot of times people you know don't tell you no they're kind about it uh, or they're gonna give you time or they'll say oh that's a new concept but um after a while it was we really had i had to learn how to like like you said like hold that no and really you know take it um and i think the turning point for grants when i was able to actually like kind of look at all those no's in the face and say okay um i'm seeing them they're here i'm acknowledging them and they are not a reflection on me they are a reflection on something that branch needs to change and that's what ultimately prompted um, me to kind of pivot us towards this new concept that you know, most people know us by now. So yeah, it's very important, but also very hard. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me about it. How, why, <laughs> why state and local elections? How did this idea kind of come to be? Um, and then we can get, we can get into to what it is now. Yeah. So you know, my first time voting in Georgia was in 2018 um, and it was the year that the big governor election was happening uh, with uh, current governor Kemp versus Stacey Abrams um, you know huge publicity election a lot of people paying attention to it and so I, I went to vote um, and I remember I waited in line for two hours as I was waiting in line uh, I like pulled out my phone and I was like okay I'm gonna you know do this like preparation thing I'm gonna try and like understand what I'm gonna be voting for and so I looked up, I think like ballot measures or ballot amendments. And after looking into it for a while, I like couldn't find um, anything. I think I found one article, read it for maybe like five minutes and then just got very overwhelmed and kind of stopped. So then I got up to the ballot box and I, you know, marked my choice for, um, for the governor's seat. You know, I was really confident in that. Click select, click next. And it was this office that I had never heard of. Uh, and then these people that I had never heard of running for this office, I think it was the public service commissioner office. And so I don't know what I did. I might've randomly selected someone or maybe just left a blank, but I clicked next. And then it was another office and then next and next. And it was, you know, 20 offices of, of people who I had never heard of running for offices that, you know, um, I had also never heard of. And that was sort of, at the time, not really the sort of light bulb moment that I wish I had been, but it was kind of, I left and, and it was, you know, I just didn't think anything of it because that's what most people's experience is when they're voting. So kind of fast forward, um, I had, after three or four months of pursuing this original concept for Branch, which really just wasn't working out, um, I kind of went back to the drawing board with a couple of people who were kind of helping me out at the time and I said, okay, this isn't working, like what, what has been working, what do we know? And at the time we've been doing a lot of conversations, a lot of research with voters, a lot of conversations with candidates, uh, people seeking office. And we kind of pieced all of those things together and really this one theme kept kind of coming up, which is um, people have a really hard time learning about state and local elections. Um, and as we started to kind of dig in more, we did more research interviews and this theme kept kind of coming up of just how difficult it is to be properly informed. And immediately this like 2018 moment kind of came back to me where I was like, yeah, that's, that's totally true. And um, so kind of through that, you know, the original concept was, was a little bit different, but what it's kind of shaped into is just something that's super easy, intuitive, that kind of walks people through, you know, in really easy terms, like here's what you're going to be voting for, here's how you can make your decision. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, what originally started on this. Um, I'm not a super political person, uh, despite the fact that, you know, I run branch, like I've always paid attention to politics at the national level. Um, and I have issues that I care about, but you know, I, I couldn't tell you the difference between, you know, a district attorney and a solicitor general or, you know, what I couldn't even name those offices. And so for me, it's been just a really interesting journey of, um, learning about those things but at the same time creating a product that uh, speaks to people like me that don't know anything about that um, and that's really like accessible for people that are brand new to this sort of stuff yes you fill the most important gap i the second that i came across branch i was like this is it this is yeah. the, i don't care if it's in 
the middle of nowhere Georgia at the current moment, this will be big and I'm going to be your number one fan from day one. <laughs> so, um, it's that. just such a fantastic idea. And um, I'd love to give you a moment just as like a shameless plug. What do you think is the best, the best aspect about what you do or from your research, what do you feel like branch has really transformed for people? Um, well, it's funny that you say that because like, honestly, same, like people tell me like, oh, I've been waiting for this for so long. I was like, same, like, <laughs> you know, um, I, again, am not an expert when it comes to this stuff. So I try and make it like the sort of thing that, that I would need when, when I'm able to kind of uh, prepare for an election. Um, I think there's a couple of different aspects and really the, the three that we try to focus on are, you know, number one. Um, making this like a much quicker process for people like when we interview people originally that you know We're doing their own ballot research. Um, I mean people spend like four five six hours doing this sort of research um, and it's it's just a Lot of work. It's super overwhelming. So the time thing is it's kind of one of the top things that we focus on um, And then the second is just making it easy for people to like feel good about their vote like when I left that election booth on that day in 2018, um, you know, it was just kind of like a crummy feeling, you know, because um, I, I felt like I just didn't do a good job. Um, and so that's really that second thing is like the sort of information they need to like confidently pick to go into election day being like, yes, this is good. This is who I'm going to vote for. This is who I'm going to vote for. Um, and for me, the, this past election on June 9th in Georgia was like the first time that I had branch that I was able to use. And I remember like filling out my ballot. It just felt so good to like, not just confidently know who I was gonna vote for, but like know everybody else on the ballot. I was like, oh, I know her, I know her. I'm you know, not gonna vote for her. Um, so that, those two things I think coupled together. And then the third thing is, you know, we try and keep things as nonpartisan, as unbiased as possible. Um, and I think that's also a really important components so that people know that like we don't have any mentioned the year. Yes. Something that, <laughs> as, as you were talking, I was thinking about my own experience with elections or just elections as an idea and, and at being in this stage of life, how do you navigate elections? And I do think that we have a rising generation that I'm a part of that's, that's kind of going to shake this system um, in a really necessary way. I, I don't know that voting as a concept was ever considered in my voting experience as powerful. It was only ever, the only reason that I voted in the 2016 election was because my mom at the dinner table kept pestering me, have you voted, have you voted? And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, I, I, to your point, I know nothing. Like, I, it is a really powerless feeling because then after the fact, when people ask you who you voted for or, um, you know, why you made the decisions you made or you reflect back or you see announcements on who won, you don't even remember whether or not you voted for that person. And I was just thinking while you're talking about this space that you fill, which is in, in school, before you're legally allowed to vote, elections and the idea of being part of an elective body and having that responsibility comes in such a close-knit community. I, I, I think about like school elections or, or something that's so low profile and, and low impact, but you have this face-to-face -face interaction with the people that, that you're putting your trust in to get you towards something that you really believe in. Um, and you vote for the people that, that you think are going to be really fantastic in that position. And then you leave that space. And to my earlier point, I've always felt like the only election that I ever even noticed was the president of the country that I live in. I mean, it is such a jump and there yeah. is so much in between. Like there are so many important people and, and processes and systems and positions that you can have a say in. You can have a say in who these people are that are making laws and, and informing your community, your city, your county, your state. I mean, it, as it rises up and we just miss that um or at least i feel like i've always missed that and, I'm, saying, and yeah. I'm, I'm getting amped like i just <laughs> i don't no, know it's like one of, one of my biggest i wouldn't call it a pet peeve because it doesn't necessarily make me angry but it's like when people say like oh who are you going to vote for I'm like 
for what? What, which office are you talking about? You know, there's such an implication that it's like November 3rd is about the presidency. Um, and I just think people are, are really missing out on so much. Um, yeah. And, you know, this kind of gets me into one of the, I guess, more controversial opinions I have is that like, I, when people, people ask a lot, like, does your vote matter? Or people feel like their vote doesn't matter. Um, and I agree with that when it comes to the presidential level. I'm like, especially if you're, you know, not in a swing state, um, you know, <laughs> there's the whole like electoral college piece of this. Um, but then there's also, you know, just the fact that at the end of the day, you're one in 180 million votes for the presidential office. Um, and people, I think, make a lot of cases. And ultimately, I think everybody should you know, go out and vote and, and use their voice. Um, but ultimately, when people talk about like why your vote matters in the presidential election, it's it's really more of a symbolic thing, um, you know. And you can think about the fact that <laughs> for a long time, like a lot of different groups of people who can't vote now couldn't even vote legally. Um, like that's that's a right that people died for that we should be taking advantage of. Um, but when it comes to the presidential election, it's like at the end of the day, you are just one in 180 million votes, which is. Um, in my opinion, I think it's just a hard case to make that like your vote matters there. But some of these state and local offices, you know, these candidates literally have their phone numbers like listed on their websites. You can just call them. You know what I mean? It's like there's there's such a more direct line there. Um, and the only reason that people don't pay attention is just because it's, it's confusing. And it's overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like you just painted a really perfect picture of you could be voting for the person down the street you could be voting for your for your friend's parent who just dreams so desperately of improving their community or or chasing their dreams of being in office in in some capacity i feel like there's a lot more impact that you have at your disposal like as as a u.s citizen yes like with 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 privilege comes comes responsibility but when you have that available to you to not use it is just such it's just such a waste yeah. <laughs> um so many of our listeners are in this really unique transition period between college and adulthood and feeling like you're entering being an active citizen but you don't fully understand adulthood <laughs> you're just now unlocking work being being a working adult being a full-time professional i mean everything is, is is brand new and although you can you can vote when you're 18 i feel i definitely felt personally like it was really after college that i had the time space and clarity to pay attention to news media inform myself and educate myself on these on these ideas why would you say that like why do you care so much about this why is being an active citizen in elections of all sizes such an important thing to prioritize and to take the time, even if you're using something like branch and it's taking less time. Yeah, so, I mean, there's two pieces to it. I think, you know, number one, I think like voting, like when you say like adulting, like voting is an important part of that. Um, really a lot of the inspiration from branch is, as lame as it sounds comes from TurboTax and we're you know not sponsored by TurboTax in any way, but I absolutely love their product. I don't know if you've ever used it before, but it's like same sort of thing. Like you have to do your taxes. It's like so overwhelming. I just need something that can like walk me through it. I answer some questions, like give it what it asks for, and then it does. You know, it takes care of all the confusing stuff for me. Uh, and that's really the kind of the inspiration behind Branch is something that like walks people similarly through that. Um, so I think it, you're right in that it is just like an important part of growing up, my hope is that we can make that, you know, easier for people. Um, you know, the, I guess the second part of your question is, you know, why people should be prioritizing that. The big thing I feel like is whether it's unique about our generation or whether it's something that every generation goes through, like, I feel like we are very interested in certain issues. Like we are all passionate about some sort of political issue, whether that be you know, the environment, whether that be, you know, women's rights or LGBT rights or, you know, just creating like a better economy, like a better, um, you know, job market for all of us, like whatever your issue is, um, people, I think in our age are very passionate about certain issues. 
And so really there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can kind of advance issues, whether it's donating to a cause or, you know, attending a protest or rally or march or whatever. But um, ultimately, I think all of that kind of culminates within voting and, and within you know, government and passing legislation that becomes laws. Um, and so really what we just try and do is make it easy for people to understand like those issues, here's how they play out at the state and local level, not just at the presidential level. Um, you know, it's where you have more choices. It's where you have more offices that have like very specific functions that can kind of go for those specific issues. So people that don't prioritize voting and voting in elections, it's just because, not because they don't care. I think everybody has those issues to take care about. I think it's either that people, you know, don't see the impact of it um, or it's just too hard of a process and they you know, don't know where to start. Totally. And I've seen that too on my own Instagram story. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat of an echo chamber, which is a whole other kind of conversation. But I will say, I feel, I feel like with the rise of social media, I've seen friends of mine who've posted it on their stories, and and they've said, "I I get that this is hard. I get that this is a little bit complicated. I get that this is different per state. That you don't really know how to navigate this space. But it's really, really important that you do." And if you want a friend to figure it out, figure it out with you, I'm here. And I feel like that is such an important message. Um, and, and your platform is kind of like that friend is kind of like this example. Um, but that, that's something new that I feel like I'm, I'm feeling this go around. It's like, just because the process might be a little bit confusing for me does not mean that it, that it doesn't matter. And if I just don't do it, then it, it won't matter. Like that's not true. Um, it's to kind of work towards that higher purpose. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but yeah, I mean, one of my favorite theories, um, is that noise and music are the same thing. It's just that music is patterned in a way that we know how to understand and that mm -hmm. anything that's not patterned like that just sounds noisy. Um, and, and I feel like that is, is true for these sort of state and local elections and, and your government. If you hear words like county commissioner or district attorney or attorney general, like your eyes just kind of glaze over, right? Uh, but the only thing is just that we don't understand it yet. We haven't like adapted to like understanding that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, once you do it, it's music. You understand like there's a lot of power in it. There's a lot of importance in it. There's a lot of impact in it. Um, so it's just kind of getting over that hump and you know it's everything from branch to you know infographics that people post and repost on Instagram you know to conversations with your parents where you can ask them you know <laughs> what the county sheriff does because maybe you know they're they're more informed than that but I feel like at least for me too another thought that I have is I feel like within our generation we are at a unique time where we're starting to admit the sort of things that we don't know and um, you know speak to that honestly um, and not have shame about the fact that we don't know what a city council does uh, you know day to day or uh, and I think that's that's been really powerful too makes me think of Parks and Rec yeah talk about making you know local elections and local government exciting <laughs> right. Um, I am curious, though, are there any positions, any elected positions that you have learned through this process that you think are really important that are, are overlooked or people don't know a lot about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite thing, especially early on, when this is very new, I would interview candidates running for these offices and I would say, all right, <laughs> you know, for the first question, you know, take four or five minutes to explain this position um, and you know why, why it actually matters. And of course they'd be doing that for the voters, but they'd also be really doing it for me because I was like, I don't, I don't know what this, this position <laughs> does. Because um, some of these positions too, there's there's not any information out there even if you take the time to Google it. Um, there's you know no like definition on Wikipedia for a lot of these things, which is very interesting to me. Um, the first office that really changed my mind and really started to just like I don't know, open my eyes to just like the sort of untapped potential that was here um, is actually for a small pilot beta test that we did in Austin, Texas. So this past March, Austin had their primary elections or all of Texas did. 
And it was right after we had kind of decided on this new concept for branch and we're like, okay, Atlanta's elections aren't until uh, May. They were originally for May, then they got moved. Um, and so we we're like, okay, we have to find a way that we can prove this out on a smaller scale. So we went to Texas, um, essentially corralled a group of beta testers. Um, we decided to identify, you know, a few races that we wanted to cover. And one of the ones on the list was this office for the railroad commissioner, Texas railroad commissioner, right? Which is like the most Texas name for an office that you can imagine. Um, and we just kind of picked it randomly. It's like, okay, that sounds super, you know, random. This is the whole concept we're trying to do, right? Is educate people in these random offices. So it's like, oh, let's pick that one. Um, I got to interview, I think three out of the four candidates that were running for the one position. And essentially throughout that process, learned more and more about the fact that this railroad commissioner seat that shows up on your ballot, the railroad commission, or as railroad commissioner, has nothing to do with railroads. And it's essentially an environmental regulatory agency. Um, and there's kind of a long story to that, but essentially what they do, it's a three person board. Um, they, every single day, um, they are essentially regulators for the oil and gas industry in Texas. So anytime a uh, you know oil company wants to drill a new well or build a new pipeline, they have to get approval from this commission. Um, and then where it really starts to kind of pop off is there's this, um, process that a lot of gas companies use in Texas called flaring, which essentially excess natural gas that they um, extract from the ground and they don't have the ability to capture, they just burn it. And it's a really harmful environmental practice um, and it's actually illegal in Texas. So the only way that they can do it is by getting permits through this railroad commission. And essentially, I think it's something like 10 years ago, you know, the commission was maybe approving 500 of these flaring permits a year. And now they're approving something like 5,000 a year, uh, just over the course of, of 10 years. And it's a three-person commission. You know, it even gets more kind of shady because there's some people on the commission, one person in particular, who I think was, was voted out recently, who had his own petroleum company. So it's like just all of this sort of stuff that's going on right in front of our faces on our ballot under the guise of railroad commission that we never know about. Um, people all the time talk about you know, environmental legislation and, you know, protecting our environment, preserving our environment. But it's like this seat at the state and local level has such a huge impact on that. And we never knew about it. Um, Georgia has a very similar office called the Public Service Commission, um, which in part, uh, you know, regulates utility prices and you know, sets certain uh, renewable energy goals for, you know, the utility companies here in Georgia. Um, and again, it's just things that you would never know about. And so that for me was really the first one that kind of started to, I guess, open my eyes to just how impactful these offices can be. Yeah. I mean, that gets me fired up. I have a feeling yeah. <laughs> people, people listening are going to go research that. That's, that's such a perfect example, right? It's like you wouldn't understand the terminology to even try to guess with your gut on the ballot, you know, you, you right at that moment, which I think <laughs> is what somebody would do or they would skip over it. Yeah, um, exactly. And then to research it, I mean, I'm sure you had to do a lot more research to be able to communicate that in a really succinct way. And, and that's the power of like doing that research and you're just slicing through that process for people, which I think is just so important. And I would guess that there's a bunch of other positions that are, that are like that or, or people that are kind of holding those positions that you, you wouldn't know kind of the backstory. Um, gosh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for the upcoming election, this is coming at a really good time. Um, I am um, voting by mail. I'm, um, I have text alerts to know when my absentee ballot is on its way. I'm out right. very far away from where I'm registered to vote. But do you have any tactical voting advice for anybody that is still kind of listening to this and it's just a little overwhelmed? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess three main things. Number one is start with registering the vote or checking your voter registration. Um, super easy, you know, especially like all of the major companies that are kind of getting invested in voting, this is what they focus on, it's like voter registration. So you can open up your Facebook app and I'm sure it's like one of the first things that you'll see. Um, 
you know, if you live in Georgia specifically, you'll go to the Secretary of State website, just search for the My Voter page. You enter in your name, you enter in your um, county, your birth date, you can check if you're registered, or if you want to register, you know, go through a few more steps. It's super easy. It takes like two to five minutes. The second piece of, I think, just really practical advice is to early vote. You know, here in Georgia, we have kind of a notorious problem with just really long voter lines. Um, early voting, I think, is one of the best ways that you can go vote in kind of the easiest, most convenient way possible without having to worry about how long these lines are. Um, I think mail-in voting is a really great alternative. I personally am disorganized to the point where I'll forget to like, you know, fill out the application, print it out, everything like that. So that's personally why I'm not absentee voting, but you know, early voting works just the same. Um, if anything, it's a little bit better because again, in Georgia, you can early vote at any of the locations within your county. You don't have to go to an assigned location. So if you show up to one and the line is you know, out the door, you just go to the next one. You get to kind of pick and choose. Um, and our early voting period is from October 12th to October 30th. So super large time frame. You know, you can get it out of the way um, as soon as early voting starts. So I think that practically is just something that I can't recommend enough. And then, you know, number three is to just go with a friend. I think that's something I did the first time actually this past year. Um, and it was great. You know, I, we ended up standing in line <laughs> because we waited. We ended up standing in line for something like four hours. When you have a friend, you're much less likely to leave. If that happens, you're much more likely to go and commit to going. Yes. Awesome. But this, this is coming at a really, really great time. So what would you share for anybody who's not based in Georgia? Resources or your best tips on how to educate themselves on these topics? Maybe pulling from, from your research that you were doing in Building Branch, but what would you have to share with anybody who didn't necessarily have access to your platform right away? Yeah. Um, you know, my regrets to you, because <laughs> this is, is something where depending on the state that you live in, um, information can be really hard to find, uh, which is kind of the whole reason why we created Branch in the first place. But there are some practical tips that I think can really help people. Um, so number one is there's something within voting called a sample ballot. And what a sample ballot is, is you can order this ahead of time. You can usually view it digitally. Um, and it's your ballot um, in terms of, you know, specific to your address, what offices you're gonna be voting for, who you have to choose from. Um, and it's your ballot exactly as you would see it on election day, but you can view it ahead of time. Um, that's really important. Um, usually you can do this you know, at the county level or however your specific state is structured, but you'll just want to quick Google search for sample ballot, you know, Georgia or sample ballot, Florida or whatever state you live in. Um, and that's the first thing you wanna look for. An alternative to that, um, if you can't get a sample ballot is just absentee voting, right? Being able to have your ballot to just know, you know, what offices you're going to be voting for and not be seeing it the very first time when you walk up to the ballot machine, but actually know ahead of time and have the chance to be able to kind of do your research and fill it out. Either of those two things I think are really important just to know what's going to even be on your ballot in the first place before showing up on election day. Um, so that's kind of the, the first thing, sample ballot. The second thing is actually how to find information. And really that becomes a lot easier once you know all of the offices you're gonna to have to be making decisions for. Um, so a couple of resources that are really helpful for that. I mean, number one, just start by Googling the candidates and kind of seeing what comes up, uh, whether that be um, you know, reading through their candidate websites, specifically looking at their bios, you get a good sense of their kind of background and experience. Also looking at their policy issues, um, their platforms that they have on their website. If they don't have platforms published on their website, that's also really helpful information because you know, a lot of candidates like, us, like to speak in kind of big, big terms, um, but a lot of times that specificity I think can be really valuable. So looking into that, looking at their social media feeds to understand you know, how they talk, how they're interacting with the community. Um, a lot of times candidates, especially on Twitter, will be a lot more, um, I think, Will, will show uglier parts of themselves that you won't see on their campaign website because you know it's not all curated by a, a consultant. Um, so I think that can be really helpful. Um, other sources of information, including newspapers, um, I think are, are really important. Um, any sort of articles or reporting that's been done on that specific candidate. Um, also looking at their campaign finance data, which is publicly available. 
can be another really interesting thing that's if you really want to you know, geek out. Um, and then lastly, Ballotopedia is kind of the, the Wikipedia of elections and, and candidate information. Um, and that's usually a helpful resource that has some information on candidate platforms and um, candidates and specific races as well. Uh, depending on where you live, they might have kind of spotty coverage, but that can also be another helpful tool to kind of reference as you're going through it. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It will all be linked below. <laughs> Transcript of what you just shared will be linked below. That was really tangible and really tactical. Thank you so much for walking through that. Last question, ending on, on a high note on just that visionary um, kind of mindset and, and emotional draw. I, I know that we can get really, this is, this is an intense season um, and it's been a year, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, put it lightly. <laughs> but it's platforms like yours that I just, I, I really do believe in. I just, I think that we'll, we'll get through whatever it is we're getting through. There's a new thing um, every week, it feels like. Um, <laughs> what would you say is Branch's vision um, what are those kind of optimistic, do you have optimistic goals or an optimistic view of the world and the country that, that we could build together? That's a very exciting question. So I don't know, lack of hope, a lot of people have, you know, within 2020, I think comes from the fact that all the attention is at the presidential race. I'm not sure if you caught the most recent presidential debate, but I think everybody kind of walked away with the same feeling of like, <laughs> what what is going on like <laughs> yeah what exactly um I, I want people to know that there's yet yeah, genuine real hope in all of the elections that are occurring below the presidential level um that it is a very impactful office obviously um because they are you know the leaders of the country but at the end of the day there are decisions that are happening every day from everything from how local law enforcement is conducted to what's being taught in our public schools to you know how expensive and accessible healthcare is to how uh, expensive and affordable uh, rent is and, and housing is you know to how the criminal justice system operates to schools reopening to local policy measures that are done to curb covid spread like all of these things that i'm mentioning are decided by your state officials, by your local officials, by your Congress people. And that is just so important. One of the reasons that I mentioned that's kind of my pet peeve is when people ask like, who are you voting for in this election? It, again, it just all focuses on the presidential election. There's, there's so much more hope and choice and impact that occurs below the presidential level that I, I just want to encourage people to pay attention to because it is there. There is a really, positive potential to cast votes that, that have that sort of impact. Ultimately for Branch, our vision is to expand across the U.S. to, you know, starting with major cities and then kind of building from there. But in 10 to 15 years, I would love to see us in you know, every major city within the U.S. I would love this to be something that's easily accessible for people. Um, but I think what's really exciting about that is this is a tool that people can use to change their government change their society from the bottom up and I think that sort of bottom-up piece like you're saying it's like we start out in school focusing on these super small you know school president elections or whatever and then immediately just jump to like the president of the US um, but starting from the bottom up has such a huge impact on kind of our day-to-day -day lives and and in a lot of ways I think people feel just very out of control of what's happening at the presidential level uh, which is true so focusing on what you can control, focusing on what's happening at state and local level, I think can be really powerful. And my hope is that one day we're able to, you know, expand and empower people to do that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm so excited. Um, we will have everything that you need to stay up to date with Branch and everything that, that you're doing and, and support the platform um, linked below. Is there any kind of another little shameless plug, anything that you want to share with the audience and how they can stay in touch or, or, or look out for, for what Branch has in store? Yeah, I mean, follow us on social media um, is always a good one. If you live in Atlanta, specifically, you live in Fulton County, DeKalb County, uh, Gwinnett County, or Cobb County, 
um, branch is built, it's live, it's working for you, so you can use this as a resource. And that's my biggest thing to people is to check us out at www.branch.vote. Um, one other thing that we're releasing this election cycle, which I'm really excited about, is a feature called Branch Plus, which is currently in beta, but we'll be releasing in the next week or so. And it's kind of a, a paid version of Branch for people that want to get serious about really digging into you know, what different policies um, what different policies mean. We also have features built around, you know, walking people through the absentee process, which can be really confusing. So definitely encourage people to check that out as well. Yes. Uh, okay, <laughs> It'll all be linked below. Well, Walter, it's been great talking with you. Before we wrap, we have a lightning round because that's the best part of all of our episodes. Oh my gosh, fun. Um, okay. <laughs> what our listeners love the most. So my rule is don't think, just say, okay? <laughs> That's literally the antithesis of my personality, but yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> okay, we have three questions. Number one piece of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. Oh, go for it. Take mm. the jump. Love it. Okay. What has been your go-to quarantine hobby? <laughs> Specifically in this this current month, I'm a huge like scary movie junkie. Mm. Um, so I'm really trying to hit like three to four hours a day of, you know, just like scary movie content. Um, it's my, my current quarantine. <laughs> You're not swapping Netflix for books these days. <laughs> <laughs> no. Love it. Okay. Um, and then our last quote, we asked every, every guest this, book, resource, or quote that you would leave listeners with? There's kind of two angles to go with that. I, I, I love reading. I love books. I'm a huge, like, I geek out on any sort of, like, self-help book as well. Um, so... If you're an aspiring entrepreneur, there's a really, really helpful and exciting book called The Lean Startup. Um, it's kind of talked about as like the Bible for, you know, startups. Definitely encourage you to check that out. Um, and then just kind of circling it back to Brene Brown at the beginning. She has a book called Dare to Lead. And it's all about vulnerability within a corporate leadership setting, which I think could be super helpful, whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur or, you know, just kind of building your career um, in, in a more you know, corporate setting. Um, I think that can be really important to, uh, yeah, just understand how to kind of be more human at work and, and bring your whole self. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I, I really appreciated it. I'm, I'm excited to go vote. I'm amped. <laughs> cool. And I hope our listeners are too. Yeah, this is super exciting. Um, definitely thankful for you for having me on here and thankful to everybody for listening. Um, and yeah, hopefully this kind of encourages and excites some people that uh, at the end of the day, it matters. Okay, are you ready to go vote or what? <laughs> Regardless of how you're feeling this election season, I hope that you found this information helpful. I hope that you'll check out and support everything that Branch Politics is doing and go ahead and check out what we're up to at the Passages Project. We're always looking for new people to write for us, new nominations for podcast guests. And just so you know, in the month of October, we are donating 10% of our proceeds of the Passages Project merch to the Sunrise Movement, which is a community and coalition of young people looking to make a difference in climate change legislation. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope I'll see you over on Instagram. Let us know that you're listening by screenshotting this and tagging us in your Instagram story. We'd love to hear what you think. Wishing you all the best this voting season. I'll see you on the other side.